You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno. Today on the podcast, our guest is Blake Brewer. He's going to talk about a letter that he received from his dad over 19 years ago and what an enormous impact that letter had on his life the day he read it and continues to have in his life now over 19 years later. And he's also going to encourage all of us men on how we too can write letters like the one that he received from his dad almost 19 years ago. Blake has an amazing story, so enjoy getting to know Blake Brewer. Well, Blake, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Good to have you here today. Adam, I'm really grateful to be here. Been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, well, uh, let's do this. Let's just jump right in. Can you just tell me a little bit about how your ministry started? And unfortunately, it started with some tragedy, uh, but I think it really sets up the context for where we're going to have this conversation go here today, and it'll be a great way to let people know about your ministry and what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was 19 years old, I found myself on a beach in Hawaii. My family was on vacation there and I was standing next to my dad and, you know, my dad was my hero and I was excited just to be with him. And I still felt like a little kid, even though I was 19 years old, I felt like a little kid standing next to my dad. Now, of course, my dad was like 6'3", 230 pounds. He'd been drafted in the NFL to play tight end. So he actually was a very big guy. Um, His claim to fame was actually more that he was Terry Bradshaw's tight end at Louisiana Tech. And so they were best friends and roommates. He hardly ever talked about it or told people about it, but I told everybody. <laughs> so it was more it was more my claim to fame yeah. growing up. Uh, and so we were standing there next on, on the beach about to jump in and go snorkeling. And my dad looked down at me with a big smile and said, um, man, I'm glad to be out here with you. And we jumped in. And I'll never forget that smile that he gave me because it would end up being being the last mile that I ever got from my dad. And so we went further and further out. We ended up in an area called Witch's Brew, which is known for its treacherous waters. It was very treacherous that day. My dad and I got separated. And as I was scanning the water looking for my dad, I finally saw him and he was treading water still, but I could tell he wasn't doing well. And he began to yell for help. And my dad had this really big, deep, booming voice, but this yell for help was more like a whimper. So I knew he was in trouble. I swam to him as quickly as I could, but by the time I got to him, he was underneath the water and he was unconscious. And so you can imagine what I was thinking in this moment, like, what is going on here? I've got to get my dad to shore. Like, surely the you know worst case scenario is not about to happen. And so I put my arms around my dad and began to swim with him and um, thank God some other snorkelers and the lifeguards, they showed up and helped get my dad to shore where they began to do CPR. And I was on my knees next to my dad as they were doing CPR, just looking up to God and saying, God, would you please save my dad's life? And I surely knew at any point um, his eyes were going to open up like you see in the movies and water was going to gurgle out of his mouth, but it never happened. And so my dad ended up drowning that day. And so it went from one of the best moments of my life to the worst in just a matter of minutes. And so I found myself just asking, like, how in the heck am I about to make it? How's my family about to make it? Um, And I was in total shock. And so it was a few hours later um, that we were back in the condo. We had gone to the hospital, my mom, my sister, and brother, to see my dad kind of one last time in the hospital. And then we go back to the condo, and I'm sitting in the back bedroom, and I'm still just in shock and really talking to God, what, what the heck just happened, God? 
And my mom appeared in the doorway and she said, I found something in the, in your dad's briefcase, something he was going to give you on this trip. And she's holding these sheets of paper. I had no idea what she was talking about, but she walked across the room and handed me this letter. And she said, for the last several months, your dad has been writing a letter to you that he was going to give you on this trip. And so I began to read this letter that would end up being my last words for my dad. He had no idea when he wrote this, that it was going to be his last words. He had no idea it was going to die. And it was exactly what I needed at that moment. Um, even before I, cause he wrote a lot of different things. Um, but just, I felt so loved that my dad would take the time to write that letter. And then I get to the last line of this letter and my dad wrote, as you're being faithful to God, you're often going to find yourself in the minority here on earth. But I assure you in heaven, you'll be in the majority. Love your dear old dad in Christ Jesus. And that was, man, I was like, my dad is in heaven right now. And I can be grateful for that. I can be grateful that I had a good dad for as long as I did. When a lot of people don't even know their dad or they don't have a good dad, God never promised that my dad was going to live to be 70 or 80 or 90 years old. And so my dad's death and the letter just really changed my whole perspective on life. And I really wanted to live for God and the things that God cared about. And so as I was grieving hard for the next year, my dad's letter really helped me get through that time. And then for the last 18, now 19 years, my dad's letter has continued to guide me. Yeah. What, uh, I would imagine you still have the letter, right? Oh yeah, we have lots of copies of the letter. <laughs> yeah, you do. You need to make uh, some extra copies of that one. I mean, as much as you're willing to share, what were? It's great to know about that last line. What was the general tone of what he was trying to communicate in that letter? If you don't mind sharing that. Yeah. So I don't know what really inspired my dad to write this letter, but he was doing. Uh, he was a Sunday school teacher um, for his for people his age, and he was doing a Bible study at the time, and so he kind of some of the things that he was studying in the Bible, um, he turned it into a letter for us. Um, and so really my dad was trying to use this letter to us to really point us to God's letter. And, you know, my dad said some things in there like, um, man, preachers and teachers, they're, they're great. Um, but you really have to study and know God's word for yourself. You don't want to just rely on somebody else to, to tell to you. He said, they're, cause they're, they're going to bend it sometimes for financial gain or, you know, depending on what the culture says. And so you've really got to know God's word for yourself. So um, those are some of the things that, you know, 19 years later, those continue to play in my head. It's like, man, no, God, my dad believed that God's word is true. My, my dad, the six, three, 230 huge man, he submitted himself to God. And so that, um, you know, has obviously affected me. Yeah. When, at, at what point in your journey from that day forward, now you had this letter before this, you started to realize, I think this is going to be some of my ministry is helping other parents learn the importance of writing letters like this. Was this something that you knew within a week or two, or did it take a few years? Oh, I had no idea that I was going to be helping other parents write their letter. Within a few months, I was sharing the uh, in a ministry setting about my dad's letter. Um, and I was sharing it back on uh, the college campus at the university of Arkansas and God was using it um, to help me share the gospel with, with people. But then it was a few years ago when my, so I have a six year old, a four year old and a 20 month old now. And so I went to write a letter to my children. You know, if anyone knows the value of a letter from their dad, it's me. 
I don't know when my last day on the planet is going to be. So I got to have something written down for them. I also see the world they're growing up in and the, the negative messages from the culture that they're having to navigate and deal with. And so I want to be very clear about how I feel about them, what our family values are. I go to write this letter and it was really hard. I was like staring at this blank sheet of paper, like, man, what am I going to write? And so I really struggled through it, um, but powered through, got it done. Man, it felt so good to get this letter done. I actually read it read it to my daughter when she was four, and uh, she was sitting at, on the bed one night, and I was, uh, usually I read her like a book, like a princess book or something, and so that night I decided to read her the letter. You know, I put my heart and soul into this thing, so I'm, I'm like getting emotional reading this letter to her, and so I'm, the whole time I'm, can you imagine? So it's like, where, what is my daughter thinking? Like, like watching her daddy, like get emotional. And so I get to the end of it and I look up at her and she looks at me and says, daddy, can you read me the princess book now? (laughs) 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 And so I said, yeah, I can read you the princess book. But the next day she went up to my wife and she said, last night, daddy read me a message and I want him to read me that message again. That's so sweet. And so she didn't get maybe all the concepts in the letter. I know she didn't. She was only four, but she got the the number one concept. She's got a daddy that loves her. Hey, man, I love that. That is so good. Uh, have you rewritten those letters as you've gotten older and as they've gotten older? Do you scrap them and rewrite them? I'm working on uh, their second letters right now. That's really good. And so is uh, is the goal to give them both or will you throw away the first one? Oh, no, I'll keep that one. I, went, I actually went and read it. Um, a couple of weeks ago. And there was things that were in the letter that I was like, dang, I'm glad I wrote this down because I completely forgot about that. And then there was some advice that I put in there that I was like, I need this advice right now. <laughs> like I was, I was preaching brilliant. to myself. <laughs> so as you know, there's things that I'm learning right now uh, in my life. Uh, and so I'm able to put that into the letter and there'll be, you know, when I go to write another letter a couple of years from now, there'll be things that I'm learning then. And so I'll continue to pass them down. Yeah. To keep it going. That that is so good. That is so good. So, um, when you teach, and we'll just talk to men, to fathers right now with this being the better man podcast, I know anything we say will be applicable to moms as well. But when you teach men how to write this, this legacy letter to give to their children, uh, what are some of the pushbacks you get and how do you help them fight through that and understand that this is doable? Like you can do this. Well, it is uh, overwhelming. It can be to, to sit down and write this letter to your children and you have lots of, I mean, you're kind of putting your heart out there. And I tell dads, like what you're doing right here is like the idea of writing a letter seems so simple, but when you go to do it, it takes an act of courage to really write that knowing that your children are going to read this. And so honestly, one of the biggest things is um, helping dads put time in their calendar to actually do it. Like, like we're busy, like things are going on. Right. And so just to say, you know what, I'm going to book a calendar. I'm going to be focused. And this is like, I'm gonna have a date that I'm going to get this done by. And then I tell dads, Hey, just focus on getting like a bad rough draft, like take a, just a stab at it. And that kind of takes the pressure off because a lot of people are perfectionists and they want to write this perfect letter. And I'm like, you're not going to write the perfect letter. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So there's a general structure of like three things that you encourage dads to put into these letters. Will you go over those and why those three? Yeah. So there's the, the structure, but even before that, that I had dads go through a couple of lessons um, to kind of prepare their heart and mind to write this letter. Um, and so I helped dads come up with a, like a mission statement and their core values. Um, I helped dads think through like, Hey, what do you want to be true of your family? 
um, like 10, 20, 30, 50, like, what do you want to be true of your grandchildren one day, which is hard to think about when you have young kids, but when you start with the, the end in mind, um, it gives you some direction, uh, to go towards, uh, I was thinking about, uh, what was, what was the Kentucky Derby, the long shot winner this past year? Did you watch uh, that? I, I do. I, I cannot remember the name, but yeah, I like know what 80 you're talking to about. one odds, yeah. right? Like amazing story. And then I listened to the testimony of the, or the story from the trainer and, you know, they barely, the horse barely even gets in the race, but the trainer a year out put the Kentucky Derby on, on the calendar and everything they did every day was preparing for it to be in the Kentucky Derby. So I help dads think to like really broaden their vision. Like what could be true of your family? You don't want to be the limiting factor of what God wants to do with your family. So think big, what do you want to be true? And then work backwards from there. Cause I can, that'll help shape um, some things that you want to put into the letter. And then I help dads think through their relationship with their father. We talk about their father wound. And so one of the exercises that we do is we write a letter to our fathers and this is this isn't necessarily all to give to them, but to if you were to write anything to your dad, whether it's um, the pain that he caused, the things you're thankful for, and then you give it to him, and then if he were to give you a letter back, what would you want that letter to say? So it's the le- letter your father never wrote you, and so then you put you write that to yourself. So you can imagine, like it's very difficult. And I felt dads who like n- never even knew their own dad. And they're writing this letter to themselves and it's in tears they're doing it, but it's so healing to do and therapeutic. And it also helps you think through, okay, I wish my dad would have said this to me. I'm going to make sure and say this to my children. So we go through those exercises and then, okay, we're ready to write the letter. And so then once you start to write the letter, um, I'm helping dads uh, apologize. Um, I tell dads, none of you have been the perfect dad. And so I help them apologize to their children. I help them share the three things that everybody wants to hear from their dad, which is, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And when someone has that from their dad, they're so much more confident. They have so much more emotional intelligence. And so I tell dads, this is what we're helping our children do um, is grow in those areas. And we're calling them up. And then also help dads uh, share advice with their children. Now, talk about that part with advice. And so, I mean, is it like, uh, you know, here's how to fix a flat tire or is it more <laughs> like here's how to pick a spouse? I mean, because that's pretty broad range. So what what, what, it, what's your, uh, what are your words of wisdom there? Yeah, I hope, I hope dads think through different categories. Um, so maybe you want to give some spiritual advice. Maybe you want to give some relationship advice, maybe some mindset some dads want to give some financial advice or some health advice. So I tell dad, just pick four or five pieces of advice, some things that you've learned. Doesn't mean that you have to be awesome at it. Like you can put in the letter, hey, here's some things I've I've learned. I've tried to live by. I'm not perfect at it, but when I when I am living by it, my life is better. And so sharing those. And a lot of those can also come from the core values um, that you've put down in the early exercise. And so you're thinking through what, you're, what are your core values and you want to share these with uh, your children. But I, I spoke to a dad a couple weekends ago and he was sharing with me that his dad had recently passed away. And at the funeral, all these different guys were coming up to him and saying, man, your dad was so uh, amazing. Like your dad was a mentor to me. He shared so much wisdom and advice. He said, every single time someone came up to him, he got more and more mad. Because he's like, my dad never did any of that for me. He didn't share, he didn't mentor me. He didn't share advice with me. He's sharing it with all these other guys, but he never did it for me. And so he just kept, said he kept getting more and more mad. So I just tell dads, we, you know, we 
we don't want to be like that to our children. Our, our children need us. They want us to guide them and to train them, even though we live in this culture now where they can just Google everything. So your children may not even be coming to you for advice. And there was actually a study done a few years ago where they realized that the kids were saying, like typing into Google, what would my dad say about X? And like dad's in the other room and yet they're Googling it. Googling it, yeah. And so as dads, we can't just sit and you know, wait for them to come ask us. We've got to think ahead and say, no, what is, what is some wisdom that they need or some advice? And then we got to take that initiative and, and share that with them. I like that. Let's talk about the multi-generational impact of these letters. What, what are you seeing there? Well, just the idea or the, like the writing the letter um, impacts the dad so much. Like it, it, it forces him to stop and think about the, the, you know, impact that he's having, not just on his children, but his children's children. And so it, it kind of rearranges the priority. So I, you know, the letter is obviously about your children, but the person who feels the most immediate impact is the dad. And it's because it's such a self-reflective exercise. And so I, you know, I think about my dad's letter and the impact that it's having on my children who will never, you know, they'll never get to actually know my dad. We call him granddad. I tell him stories about granddad, but because my dad has this letter, they can read and see what his values were and see what he stood for. And even this past year, my sister got married and she asked me to officiate the wedding, which, so my first question was, well, when is it? And she told me November 1st, and I said, shoot, that's an Arkansas Razorback football game. I can't make it <laughs> to which I was kind of serious. Um, but uh, officiated this wedding. It was a very emotional experience. Um, just thinking, man, my dad would love to be here. My dad doesn't get to walk her down the aisle. But as I was officiating this wedding, I was able to take words from my dad's letter and bless my sister and her new husband. So my dad wasn't there, but his words were. And so my dad's word can continue to Im- impact our family. Yeah, because I mean, that is, I'm, we've been obviously very focused, Blake, on your story here today, but there were three letters that day. He passed away, right? Like your mom handed out three letters. Yeah, so he actually, our letters were the same. So they were addressed to all of us. Yeah, that's amazing. Has uh, da, your brother and sister, do they still talk about the impact that that letter had as well for them? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all grateful for it. And it all impacted us in our own ways. It's like, it's not like they're all, they're going out and helping other people write a letter now. Yeah. Um, But they're cheering me on as I'm doing it. Like they're excited that our dad's letter is having that type of impact on other people's families. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really cool. All right. uh, One last question before we let you go and we can let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and your ministry and get to writing some of these letters, because I think there's going to be a lot of us listening to this going, okay, I need to do this. This is a an important thing that doesn't feel urgent, uh, but but nonetheless, these are things that I, I must do. But my last question is this, is, is how do you see your heavenly father different now because of how intentional your earthly father was? You know, the first person we look at, look at uh, when we think about our heavenly father is our own father. And so I know that um, my dad was um, not perfect <laughs> in so many ways. And so I, you know, even as he wrote this letter when this did this very intentional thing for us and I'm grateful, I can, I mean, I can be very honest and say, yeah, there's things that I'm trying to improve upon that my dad did. And there's some areas I'm trying to be more intentional with my children. But, you know, as I think about our heavenly father and I think about the love that he has for us. Um, and when I think about Christ and what he did on the cross, 
man, I'm like, absolutely, I want to serve this God, the God who was willing to put his son on the cross for things that I did wrong for my sin. And so I, I can have a full appreciation for that. That's really great. Yeah. And again, just such a great, not not to overwhelm those of us that are dads with this responsibility, but uh, to give an, an appropriate amount of soberness to that, to go, this this is the example that we're setting, right? We're not to be uh, we're not the we're we're just a reflection, right? We are his reflection, and he is our perfection, and it's an awesome privilege to be able to do that. Yeah, and and so when I told that when we're writing this letter, especially, so I help a lot of um, like non-believers write this letter as well. So church-going guys, non-church-going guys. I mean, everyone get you know wants to be a good dad and write this letter, but you know, I say as our heavenly Father wrote us a letter, the perfect letter, like we're just, we're trying to model and mimic him. And so we're writing a letter to our children the same way our heavenly father did for us. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right. Well, Blake, how can people learn more about uh, the legacy letter challenge and how can they stay in touch with you or, or get in touch with you? You know, I'm on a mission to help a million dads write at least one well-written, meaningful, lasting legacy letter. You know, people ask me like, man, a million and especially starting off, because when I set that mission is, you know, I hadn't helped a single dad write a letter. So a million, you know, some people ask me, man, that's a lot. And some people say, why only a million? Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> there's more a, dads. There's way more than a million. And here's the thing. I'm never going to get to a million dads by myself. I know that I'm not. Um, but uh, I do believe with God, all things are possible. And so God has provided a lot of um, people already to help me get there and connect me. And I partner with a lot of business owners and financial advisors who purchase my program for their clients and their employees. And then a lot of individuals sign up too. So anyone can go to legacyletterchallenge.com and you can see the different options of how you can write the letter. I'm leading dads every week through writing this letter. I do this full time. So anyone that's listening, I'd love to help you write your letter. I like that. Well, Blake, uh, you know, again, back to that first question, I love it that you get to challenge men, uh, us men here on the podcast today. I'm sorry that it came from tragedy, right? And I'm grateful for how you're stewarding that story, how sincerely you're sharing that and how you're trying to uh, just carry on that legacy. Uh, That must not be easy, you know, to continuously have to go back and tell that story over and over again. But I really do appreciate you sharing it today. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's not easy, but at the same time, I love getting to honor my dad's legacy. And I could have never imagined that this was going to be my calling in life, but I honest, I have to pinch myself. It's like, man, I have a business that provides for my family. And at the same time, I get to impact other people's families through writing this letter. Um, it's pretty amazing. That's what awesome. God's doing. Amen. All right. Well, Blake, thanks for being on the Better Man podcast today. Appreciate you. What I love so much about Blake's message is the simplicity of it. Uh, we can obviously go to LegacyLetterChallenge.com download his program, use that. Uh, But he would be the first one to also say, you don't have to do that. You can just get a sheet of notebook paper. You can just open up a Microsoft Word document. You can just start to send yourself an email. Just the point is not to do it perfectly. The point is just to do it. Just start to get some words down on paper. And I love the simplicity of that challenge, Blake. And I'm so grateful that you came and shared your story today. And just what a, a great impact that that letter had on you now for over 19 years. The comfort it brought you on that terrible day uh, and the comfort and the mission, really, that it still gives you today was really encouraging to hear. So thank you so much for your time. Well, today's episode was produced, mixed, and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Better Man Podcast. That's all we have for today. We'll talk to you again next time.